Hey, May 50, KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program, and it's time for our moment of faith with Pastor Doug Nicely of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Hi, Doug. Hi, Gary. Good to talk to you today. Before we get into our segment today, I want yeah. you to talk about your worship services, the times of those, and also your, your new uh, midweek worship service as well. Well, we have our uh, normal Sunday morning worship service at 10 o'clock, and uh, just like most churches, there are some weeks like last Sunday when apparently a lot of people were on vacation, but that's okay. We're still there, <laughs> and we're still hanging in there. And um, so we, we appreciate the opportunity to be able to uh, serve all of those who come. We also have a Sunday morning Bible class at 9 o'clock, so it's 9 o'clock for Bible class, and right now we're studying Galatians. In fact, I'm going to make some reference to the study we're doing in Galatians in our devotion today. And then on Wednesday, we've been doing, during these uh, Wednesday nights in June, so just a few weeks now, um, we have uh, have a 7 p.m. service. And uh, it's an evening prayer service. The main thing we're trying to do is we're trying to sing some hymns that people know and are familiar with and uh, just kind of uh, lift up their hearts in the middle of the week. So it's yeah. 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, it's a smaller congregation, a smaller building, too. Yeah. But uh, it would be nice to have more people uh, attend worship with us, uh, either Sunday or during the uh, midweek uh, mm-hmm. worship. And uh, there's a lot of people that do like the smaller congregations. I personally do. Maybe some people haven't been to church in a while. They don't want to visit a large congregation. This would be perfect for you to visit. Well, we're a great group of people. We'd love to see you out there. Absolutely. So. And, we're, we're, and I'm so happy that, you know, when I look out in the congregation and I see all of you, for the most part, I know all of your names. Right. Which is a, which is a good thing, too. Mm-hmm. So what would you like to talk about on the program today? Well, we're uh, moving on to the season after Pentecost, um, starting this uh, coming Sunday. And uh, so our scripture readings uh, usually try to follow uh, from one end to the other a particular uh, epistle in the New Testament, for instance. And so we're starting off with our first installment. Unfortunately, it's in the middle of the uh, St. Paul's letter to the uh, Galatians, and we're going to be talking about Galatians chapter 3. But um, let me give you a little bit of background on, on a hymn that's connected with the Sunday reading. Okay, sounds great. Interesting sort of way. Our hymnals have listed at the bottom of the page some scripture readings that were the inspiration for those who wrote the hymns. The scripture reading listed for John Oxham's hymn, In Christ There Is No East or West, uh, is one of next Sunday's readings. So let me try, first of all, by singing the first verse of the hymn, then I'll give you the scripture reading. In Christ there is no east or west, in him no south or north, but one great fellowship of love throughout the whole wide earth. The scripture reading, the heart of St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, and in Galatians chapter 3 we read, Now therefore, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming of faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 
There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to promise. These verses during, uh, are in the middle of a too-long chapter argument that St. Paul is making with the Jewish believers. And basically, they wanted Gentile believers, new Gentile believers, to be circumcised, which is what they had to go through. And then to adhere to the law of God, as was written down in the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. These laws were moral laws, they were dietary laws, and religious laws. But the requirement was that if you weren't a Jew, you had to become a Jew. And the most obvious way for that to be done is in circumcision. St. Paul gets pretty exasperated over this whole thing. Remember, he's a Jew. And remember, he's a guy who followed that. But uh, his faith in Jesus changed his entire perspective. And so what it is is, uh, is a discussion about the difference between what we in Protestantism call the distinction between law and gospel. In a Bible study we're using at our church, we read that the apostle is listing five proofs in chapters 3 and 4 that faith in Jesus is what saves us and not our righteous works. Um, The proofs are the gospel works, that's Galatians 3, 1 to 5. We are Abraham's real children, Galatians 3, 6 to 14. The law serves only the gospel, Galatians 3, 15 to 25. We are one in faith, Galatians 3, 26 to 4, 11. And then finally, a little question he asks the Jewish believers, what has happened to all your joy? Galatians 4, 12 to 20. Finally, St. Paul summarizes his arguments with this one statement at the beginning of chapter 5. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. In, in some ways, what we have here, even though he uses the word slavery, is what we are very familiar with when we are a young child and we have to learn what it's like to grow up. And every once in a while, it's necessary for us to have a babysitter when our parents aren't around. And what St. Paul's talking about when he's talking about the law is that was our babysitter until we began to grow up. And he wants us to grow up, and the gospel of Jesus is the way to do that. That's at least one way of understanding what St. Paul is trying to say here. Let's see, Gary, another couple of verses for the hymn now. With Christ there is no tribe or race, in him we all are one. He loves us as his children through our faith in his dear Son. So, brothers, sisters, praise his name who died to set us free from sin, division, hate, and shame, from spite and enmity. It's kind of an interesting commentary in many ways, this hymn, because it talks about all the attitude problems we seem to have about one another, especially when we can't get people to do what we want them to do. Anyway, I'll give you a little bit of uh, um, contemporary application here. I see the teaching from Galatians about the authority of God's law without the gospel of Jesus as the equivalent of mandates we have heard about during the COVID epidemic uh, we have experienced in the last two years. It's interesting that the word commandment and the word mandate come from the same source. Mandates instruct us to wear face masks, get vaccinated, and keep social distancing as important things that we all must do to keep from spreading or being infected by the virus. 
I've worn face masks. I've been vaccinated. And I keep social distancing because I agree that it is the best thing to keep from spreading the virus or to receiving it from somebody else. Actually, I learned that, Gary, a long time ago when I was working at the hospital. It was not uncommon for me to walk into a room and have to wear a mask. Mask and sometimes new to me. Sometimes maybe even gloves, right? Yeah, and sometimes even a gown. Okay. And, and I found out that usually the difference was that if you just wore the mask, that means that you want to make absolutely sure that somebody who has a compromised immune system doesn't get anything from you. Mm-hmm. If you have to wear gloves and you have to wear a gown, that usually means that we're concerned about something that they have in them, an infection, um, getting us. Now, you can take this one step further, and some people in authority have done this. There are penalties applied to those who refuse to follow the mandates. One of these penalties is for those who refuse to do these things, losing their jobs. That, that's and true. Have, there's there's some organizations that you have to follow or you lose your job. And, and, it, and it's really sad because we have learned over these years that some people who wear masks, who are vaccinated and practice social distancing, distancing end up contracting the disease anyway. Right. <laughs> I was just talking to someone here recently that their wife has COVID and uh, followed all the safety stuff, the mask, the, the vaccine, you know, social distancing, and she still got it. And mm-hmm. many of us had it throughout the, the last yep. over the last couple of years. And we practice the same thing. So you're right there. It doesn't necessarily guarantee. Uh, the point of the gospel is we need a redeemer to save us from ourselves. Mm hmm. And the gospel of Jesus is about this Redeemer. I think that when I had COVID, it wasn't quite as bad as it could have been because I really do believe that Jesus was saving me. And, you know, these things happen to us, and then we have to rely upon Jesus to be the one to save us in body, mind, and spirit. Or, as St. Paul states at the end of his argument to the Galatians, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Right, and I like that word right there, adoption, because I was thinking you said uh, we we have faith earlier, and, yeah. and we do, but that faith is also a gift to us. We are, and you just said it, we are adopted into God's family. Uh, so even the faith is a, a gift. Right. And what St. Paul's trying to say, and he says it with all the credentials of a, uh, of a, of a former Pharisee, um, you know, we've all been adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, none of us can claim that we have an inside track. And if we have faith to guide and direct us, uh, to have confidence in God's grace, rather than our qualifications for being good people, then we understand what it's like to be able to have salvation. That's that's a little summary of where I'm headed in the sermon this week. Okay, would you like to lead us in the prayers? We wrap up this segment. Let's do that. Lord, how important it is for us to understand that no laws, even those written in your word, can save us from our sins. Teach us instead to believe first in Jesus as our Redeemer and friend, and then teach us how your laws teach us how to live to save ourselves and others as our witness to you. For we pray in the name of Jesus, the Savior of the world. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Doug, for being on the program today. 
Yeah, uh, next week we're going to continue on our reading in the Epistle of Galatians. And we're going to start out with that verse I read before, For freedom Christ has set us free, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to, again to a yoke of slavery. And we're going to, talk, going to talk about some practical applications to how that verse fits into our lives. And the song we're going to talk about is a really old, old song written by a relative of Martin Luther, but I thought it was a contemporary hymn because I, I, I saw it all of a sudden afresh in the 1982 hymnal. It's called In Thee Is Gladness. And we'll talk a little bit about that and a little bit about one of the great uh, things that we have received from this hymn and quite a few others, translated from German to English by a wonderful woman by the name of Catherine Winkworth. Okay, fantastic. I look forward to that conversation next week. All right. Thanks for being on the program, Doug. You're welcome, Gary. See you in church. Yep. We are the messenger of good news. We are worldwide at kfuo.org.